from Liberty Park, USA. I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to um, download our app at KBLA 1580. Download the app. And take us with you anywhere in the world and listen to us in real time, but only if you download the app right now at KBLA 1580. You can also uh, watch the uh, live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And uh, on any given day that you miss us in real time, we invite you to check out the podcast of this program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the podcast of this program and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today. In our second hour, a conversation about racial identity, beauty politics, and the perception of blackness as both identity and lived reality to understand then the diversity of what it means to be black these days in the U.S. and around the world. We'll be joined by the scholar, uh, Dr. Yaba Blay, for that conversation in in hour two. In our third hour, a conversation with acclaimed essayist, critic, and public intellectual William DeRezerwitz about the delicate balance between free speech and censorship, a balance uh, that's becoming all the more important in, in this moment in late modernity. We'll talk about the balance between free speech and censorship, the impact of social media on public discourse, and the importance of intellectual diversity in a democratic society. All of that with uh, the noted public intellectual Dr. William uh, DeRezeritz in Hour 3. But in this first hour today, two conversations. On the B side of this hour, the persistent shortage of black doctors is now having, we are told by the data, a, a, a sincere and uh, significant negative impact on the health outcomes of black patients. Currently, only 5.7% of U.S. doctors are, in fact, African-American. We will speak uh, with our resident physician, Dr. Robert Drummond, on the importance and the dire need uh, for our increased representation in the medical field on the B side of this hour. But let's begin today talking politics with our national affairs, uh, national political affairs uh, analyst and the moderator of A More Perfect Union, heard Sundays on the tens exclusively here on KBLA Talk 1580. Ni Quarter Lai Ni how are you today, sir? Ni Quarter can you hear me now? I can. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Kevin? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing better now that I can hear your voice. I, I, was, I was a little scared there for a second. <laughs> but I am, I am doing well. You know me. I'd be an ingrate if I complained. I'm just delighted to, uh, uh, to, to, to have you on today. Let me tell you why I really want to have you on. Today, uh, March 16th, uh, is Black Press Day. It's Black Press Day. It's observed every year on this date. It commemorates when the first black newspaper, Freedom's Journal, hit the stands in New York City in 1827. For nearly 200 years since, black publishers and writers and photographers and editors have spoken truth to power, and I might also add to the powerless, on issues affecting our community and beyond. And so I wanted to have you on today. Uh, to talk about uh, Black Press Day, of course, and you also, speaking of Black Press, uh, the news anchor for Fox O's nightly Black Report. And let me tell you what's funny about this. So, as you know, I'm in my office every morning down the hallway uh, preparing mm-hmm. for the live broadcast every day from 9 uh, to noon. 
And my phone starts buzzing, and I'm really not paying attention because I'm trying to, you know, make my final notes to get on the air here. My phone starts buzzing, and a few people, including uh, our engineer, John Cooper, uh, uh, reaches out to me to tell me, you got to turn on KFI 640 AM right now. KFI, as you know, is the largest talk radio station, the biggest, the most successful talk station in this city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They are number one, uh, and uh, they're huge. Uh, and we're just a startup, <laughs> the, l- the little train that could. And for, uh, he said, you got to turn it on. So I turned it on. And for, so for the better part of an hour this morning, uh, in their number one morning drive show with uh, my friend and brother Bill Handel, they spent almost an hour on KFI this morning talking about, guess who? KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I'm you not, don't say. I, you I, don't say. I just, they, they, <laughs> I was running down the hallway to get into here uh, uh, because they, uh, I was listening to them. And it was fascinating to hear this, you know, this conservative white station uh, talk about KBLA Talk 1580. I think some of it has to do with the L.A. Times story that came out the other day about our station. Mm-hmm. Huge L.A. Times story. Uh, It had something to do with that. I think they referenced that in the conversation. But it was really about trying to understand why a black talk station, why a black talk station in L.A., can this station make it? Can Tavis make this work? Can they make money? Will they get advertisers? Will they find an audience? Fascinating for me uh, for the better part of an hour to listen to them as I'm preparing to come on the air here uh, talking uh, about us. Uh, I raise that only because here we are 200 years later, right? <laughs> and the black press mm-hmm. is still in the conversation. So for starters, what do you make of the fact that the other station in town is spending an hour talking about the little black station? Um, I, I, I am flattered by it, uh, but I'm not surprised by it because the work that we're doing at KBLA Talk 1580 uh, is really standout work. It's noble work. You know, uh, we really take the responsibility of speaking truth to power and informing our listeners. We take that very seriously. And there are so many issues that are so incredibly important to our community in Los Angeles and beyond. You know, what's happening in Los Angeles, what's happening in California, what's happening in this country uh, is a lot of consequential stuff, you know, and, you know, uh, you don't take my word for it. You know, you have national intelligence analysts, that have told us that there are, you know, foreign actors that have deliberately tried to target black folks in misinformation and disinformation campaigns in an effort to suppress our power at the ballot box, uh, in an effort to suppress, you know, our uh, power as a community uh, to uh, call attention to issues of note. And so, you know, uh, I'm not surprised that uh, uh, KFI has taken notice. A lot of people have taken notice. Uh, and for good reason. Uh, and, you know, I hope that it influences the industry uh, to invest more in uh, uh, black reporters uh, and black journalists uh, to uh, have a more robust footprint when it comes to the issues that are important to black folks. Uh, that's a part of the secret sauce in terms of uh, what's allowed uh, KBLA to, to, you know, really launch uh, and uh, to be moving at lightning speed and really punching above our weight class. Um, I am, I'm curious as to whether or not you think that, given what you said now, um, I think I know where you're going with this. Uh, I think we agree on this, but I want to ask anyway, whether or not you think uh, these 200 plus years later, as we celebrate Black Press Day, whether you think the black press is more relevant and more necessary now than ever before, or has the black press been marginalized? 
Um, I think uh, I think both are true. Uh, I certainly have seen examples where the black press has been mar- marginalized and where there are some folks in positions of power, influence, and authority that don't expect the black press to ask them hard questions. They don't expect the black press to speak truth to power. And then, you know, they find themselves surprised uh, for some reason when we do. And so I do see examples of black press being marginalized. However, I think having black, more black leaders in positions of power, influence, and authority can help to mitigate that. You know, I know that, you know, Mayor Bass, for example, you know, she makes herself available to all members of the press. Uh, but, you know, one thing that she did during her campaign, and she's continued now as mayor, is to continue to meet with members of the black press mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. And it's not just her. There are other uh, elected officials that, that do the same. You know, our vice president is getting ready to go on a historic trip uh, to Africa. She's going to be in Ghana and Tanzania and Zambia. Uh, and, you know, for a historic trip like that, it's important that the black press you know, are a part of the press corps. Uh, it's important that uh, principals like the vice president give interviews to the black press because there's a context uh, uh, that we bring uh, to these conversations and to this reporting. Uh, and so, yes, I've seen examples of us being marginalized, but I've also seen examples of the black press really making the difference and being able to cut through the noise and being able to understand the culture and context by which, you know, our leaders are leading or struggling to lead. Yeah. Um, just getting started in conversation here with uh, Dr. Nick Cordelai-Corte, the uh, news anchor for Fox O's Nightly Black Report. Uh, he is also a professor at Pepperdine. Uh, he is also the national affairs uh, uh, political analyst for this station. He is also the host of A More Perfect Union on this station, our Sunday uh, public affairs program heard on the tens. Uh, he is a busy brother, uh, and uh, yet he found 30 minutes this morning to talk to us uh, because it is Black Press Day. Uh, it's observed every March 16th. Uh, I told you a moment ago a story about uh, KFI and how they spent almost an hour this morning talking about KBLA Talk 1580, which again, as Nick Cordelai says, we were flattered by. Uh, but uh, this little station has caught the attention of a lot of people, not just the L.A. Times, but KFI and others. Um, uh, but I want to tell you another story about another station in town, KCRW, uh, and what they did yesterday. Uh, and this is just fascinating that it would happen the day before and on the day of Black Press Day. I'll tell you that story when we come forward and continue our conversation celebrating Black Press Day with our own Nick Cordelai Corte on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920. 1580-1-800-920-1580. So I played Michael Jackson, Rock With You. I'm playing the Brothers Johnson. I'll be good to you. Have you figured out why I'm doing that? This week, we celebrate the 90th birthday of the maestro, Quincy Delight Jones. Quincy Jones turns 90 this week. In all three hours of today's program, we're going to be playing the music produced by one and only Q. So all day, for all three hours, we're playing the music, the best of Quincy Jones, um, just to give you some sense, some flavor of all that Q has done in these 90 years. He has worked with everybody from Michael Jackson to Frank Sinatra to Shaka Khan to Brothers Johnson to uh, Barbara Streisand to Ella Fitzgerald <laughs> to run the list. Q has done everything in, in, in music, uh, soundtracks and movie scores, uh, television themes. Uh, and so the next three hours, we're going to educate you a little bit about the corpus, the body of work of one Quincy Delight Jones. I always 
T's Q. I love that middle name, Quincy D. Jones. Delight. Your mama named you Quincy Delight Jones. Uh, so this week we celebrate the 90th birthday of Q. And so all three hours today we're playing the music of Q, even as we talk in this hour about Black Press Day. It is observed every March 16th. Today, check your calendar, March 16th. So we're celebrating uh, Black Press Day and trying to figure out whether uh, the black press matters anymore, whether or not the black press is relevant anymore, whether or not we've been marginalized. Uh, Why does it matter that you have an African-American source to which uh, you can turn to get uh, the news and information that you need? That's the purpose of uh, drawing our attention to this being Black Press Day observed again around the nation. So I told a story a few moments ago about KFI. I got my phone started buzzing this morning. People said, turn on KFI, turn on KFI. I did. So the number one talk station in this market is spending almost an hour talking about KBLA Talk 1580, trying to figure out why we're here and what we're doing and whether or not it can work. And so we've, we've gotten the attention of, of competitors in this market. Some of you may have seen a huge LA Times story um, a few days ago about this station. Uh, we're grateful for that story. Um, so it's uh, it's happening. Uh, it's happening. Um, I was saying a moment ago that uh, KFI again was spending the time talking about us this morning, and I wanted to mention a story by KCRW. I think the best way I can illustrate this knee quarter is just to play the very beginning of a conversation that happened yesterday on KCRW. So KFI is one station. Um, KCRW, the NPR affiliate here. So Miles, play the just the beginning of this conversation yesterday on KCRW. O-R-G. Continuing on now with Greater LA from KCRW, I'm Steve Chiatakis. Mark Ridley Thomas has been a powerful political fixture in the city and county of LA for decades. His personal and political friends call him a civil servant who cares about the community he represents. But federal prosecutors are painting a different picture. They say Ridley Thomas schemed to steer local government money to USC when he was a county supervisor in exchange for favors from the university that benefited his family. They brought a 19-count indictment against him with charges that include bribery and conspiracy, and they call the case one of, quote, power, privilege, and lies. Journalist and author Aaron Aubrey Kaplan is here to give us an overview of the trial, which is now underway. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Steve. Talk about how we got here. How, how does, I mean, Mark Ridley Thomas, I mentioned it, you know, a fixture in his district um, in that part of L.A. County, too, when he was a supervisor. How does he go from pretty beloved council person, supervisor, to, to someone on trial for corruption? I mean, and this has nothing to do with the charges against him really but it just gives you some context he was he was prickly he was he was not exactly people person his constituents people approached him in the district to with ideas etc he he was not warm and fuzzy guy um it's just sort of his personality um and frankly in his years on the city council i thought that um he could be his own worst enemy and a lot of a lot of what might have happened in Lamert Park did not happen in Lamert Park in Crenshaw. I think he fared a lot better on the as supervisor. It was more, it was not so. So, so I wanted you to hear just the beginning of that conversation. It goes on for like eight minutes. Um, you can find it on KCRW's website. Um, but they're talking ostensibly about the trial of Mark Ridley Thomas. The first thing that comes out of Aaron's mouth in talking about the trial of Mark Ridley Thomas is that he's prickly. <laughs> he's not warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. He's his own worst enemy. She goes on in that conversation to call him arrogant a number of times. So prickly, arrogant, not warm and fuzzy, his own worst enemy. On and on it goes for eight minutes. And Steve, with all due respect at KCRW, doesn't really jump in the way he should 
to put this conversation on the right track. And Erin, by the way, is a black woman. Her father, Larry Aubrey, wrote for years for the L.A. Sentinel. But this is what I'm talking about here on, on Black Press Day. How is it that the other stations can cover the same trial we're covering? We have a justice correspondent in the courtroom bringing you the mm-hmm. facts every day. But on the NPR affiliate, what you get is prickly, arrogant, not warm and fuzzy, his own worst enemy. You get a conversation about his personality, about his style, not about the allegations, not about the facts that are being levied and put forth in the case. I raise that only because it once again raises the question of the role that the black press plays to give audiences the facts about the things that matter to them. I digress your thoughts. Yeah, and, and it doesn't take much for us black people to come across as as prickly, as arrogant, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as you know, as um, you know, unwelcoming, as angry when we just may be excited about something. I mean, you know, you know, I'm sure you've had that experience. I've certainly had that experience. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have had that experience where black folks and black behavior has been. Uh, pathologized uh, and characterized in ways that, um, you know, quite frankly, aren't fair and aren't accurate. And so, you know, everybody's entitled to their experience, but, you know, they've got to make clear when they're editorializing and Mm. when they're reporting on the facts, right? And, you know, I think the Black press does a good job balancing that out, giving people the context that they need to understand who our leaders are and who they aren't, to understand, you know, what the, the core issues are and what they aren't, uh, in a way that, that folks can, can hold and grasp and then allow, you know, our listeners and viewers to, to jump to their own conclusions. But, you know, it's so important that we're able to provide our audience with information that is culturally relevant, that is culturally uh, competent, it's culturally responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes that's where a lot of other members of the press fall short. You can't report on the community. If you're not a part of the community, if you're not immersed in the community, if you're not steeped in the history uh, of the community, and uh, still, again and again and again, we see um, members of the press that are far removed from the black community, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, report in ways that suggest that there's an immersion when there really isn't. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, three minutes left here. Um, If you want to hear the facts, the F-A-C-T-S, the real facts about the case, Tune in every day at 4.35 to Ariva Martin in real time when she's joined by our justice correspondent, Dion mm-hmm. Raymond, uh, as they unpack every day what happened in the courtroom and give you the facts. Um, and as I'm sure today, as a matter of fact, I know, in fact, Ariva is going to play the entire um, interview that you just uh, heard a sound uh, piece from, a soundbite from. She'll play the entire interview today and unpack it in her own way as an attorney, Harvard trained, uh, who's been covering this case every day with, again, our correspondent, uh, Dion Raymond. So at 4.35 today, actually at 4 o'clock, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour i'm told that ariva is going to play that entire eight minute clip and you can hear the way they talked about mrt in their conversation and then juxtapose that against the way that we are trying to give you the facts as the black press about what's happening in this case and i you know, just say this you can have your own opinion about mrt you're entitled to that that ain't what i'm talking about mm-hmm. i'm not talking about your, your opinion mm-hmm. of him i'm talking about the way they report about black people mm-hmm. the way they report about black elections calling them prickly and arrogant and not warm and fuzzy and their own worst enemy that kind of language is vitriolic, and I don't like it. And that's why I wanted to bring that story to you, your attention that was on KCRW yesterday. Yeah. In the last 90 seconds I have, I'll give to you, uh, Nick Cordelai, Um, What say you about the future of the black press, the future relevancy of the black press, as we celebrate Black Press Day here today? 
Well, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that you are have been a trailblazer in the black press, and it's on shoulders like yours that we stand upon. Uh, there's certainly shoulders like yours that I stand upon, and so uh, you know I think the the uh, uh, the future of the black press is bright. Uh, we're seeing the media landscape transform before our very eyes. Um, I just saw a story this morning reported by Blavity that. Uh, Rich Dennis, the owner of Essence, mm-hmm. uh, is looking to purchase Vice News. Yep. That's a great thing. We mm-hmm. see that, you know, B- P. Diddy and Byron Allen and Tyler Perry, you know, are making a play for BET. Uh, that's great news. You know, Oprah Winfrey's done well, you know, working with Discovery and, you know, launching the OWN Network. And we're doing well here at KBLA with, with, with the launch of this station, the People Station. And so I would say the future of the black press yeah. is bright. Uh, but it's 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 bright because of all the listeners that stay tuned and, and spread the word. It's bright because of all of the elected uh, and the change makers, quite frankly, yes. that make it a point to speak to us directly. And we talked to a reporter yesterday from Capital B, another black-owned uh, news outlet, a nonprofit outlet. We spoke to, spoke to a reporter yesterday in Atlanta about Cop City. So um, uh, I concur mm-hmm. with Nick Cordelai uh, that the black press is more relevant more necessary than ever before. There's a role that we play, and we want to thank you for supporting this particular black-owned and operated media outlet, KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, apparently, the talk of the town. Uh, Nick like good to have you on. <laughs> we'll do it again soon, my you friend. Too. I appreciate you, brother. Stay strong. Uh, right. On the other side, my, thank you, sir. On the other side of news, traffic, and sports, we'll talk, uh, continue to talk about black people, specifically about the shortage of black doctors and the impact that's having on black health. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580.